As certified financial planners, we've seen firsthand how financial wellness is connected to other areas of wellness in our lives. Join us as we explore the relationship between our physical, emotional, and financial well-being and share the habits and tools we found effective in the pursuit of a balanced, intentional life. I'm Lauren. I'm Donna Grace. This is Life Rebalanced. Erica, welcome to the Life Rebalance podcast. And thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. We really appreciate it. And we're so interested to hear more about how hypnosis can help us really elevate our lives in terms of business. I know you work with a lot of business clients. I can't wait to hear about that. But your work goes you know, far beyond just the, the high performance spectrum. I know the first book you wrote is about weight loss management. So I'm really excited to jump into all of it. Can you share with our listeners, you know, a little bit about yourself and how you came to be interested in hypnosis and hypnotherapy? Sure. Yeah. And thanks for the introduction. My previous career was in software engineering. I was a software engineer in Silicon Valley, did that for almost 15 years, but I was very unfulfilled. And I think there's a lot of folks out there where we follow our dreams, maybe something that we had planned for ourselves, going to college, getting married, the career and all of that stuff. The work that I was doing, I enjoyed, but I wasn't in love with it and it didn't really meet. It wasn't fulfilling in the way that was happy for me. So one thing led to another. I went through some pretty low points in my life, which we can talk about if that's of interest to you. But in the end, I ended up finding hypnosis, which I found is a high performance tool. Hypnosis is accelerated learning. And when we can train the brain new ways of being and get neuroplasticity down so that we can get the results that we're looking for immediately, and we know how to do that, now we can start leading richer lives. So yeah, the first book that I wrote was about losing weight. So I lost weight myself. And if I'm not thinking about food all day long, and if I feel good in my body and in my clothes, now what's the next level, right? We're, we're talking about self-actualization, right? So what's the, the next level? level of that now that my body is feeling good. All right, so let's clean up my thinking. So it was a progression that I think a lot of your listeners can relate to and, and kind of, you know, how do we mm. lead high performance lives, but have the heart still in it? Mm-hmm. Erica, you mentioned a term that I would love for you to expand on. You talked about neuroplasticity. Can you tell us what that yeah. is and why it's important? Yeah, neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change. And the brain can change. I don't know if you guys remember that commercial when we were younger, at least I remember it stood out. It was like, here's your brain. Here's and your here's brain, your brain on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the eggs, remember? And they're like, you get it, memories. Yeah. Never grow new brain cells, right? <laughs> Do you remember that message? It was really powerful and it was a total lie. We grow new brain cells all the time. Okay. And one of the things that is a precursor to neuroplasticity so, how do we make a change? How do we break a habit? How do we start a new habit? How do we stop the knee jerk reaction? How do we give ourselves that pause when normally we're upset or whatever? We want to be able to do that on purpose, right? We want to be able to stop the way that our brain is operating under the covers. And for that, we call it neuroplasticity, the brain's ability to change. And one of the precursors to neuroplasticity is BDNF. And the only way that we can get BDNF, neuroscientists think as of right now, is exercise, So another good reason to be moving and get your brain ready for neuroplasticity is activity. That's interesting. I think a lot of people, when they think of hypnosis to begin with, are picturing like performative or like the stage hypnosis. I remember in college, one of our like big nights was, oh, Frank Santos, the hypnotist came in and like hypnotized Mm -hmm. some people on stage. I imagine that some of the techniques actually are 
similar, but what you do is different. Can you kind of talk about the difference there and what someone would expect if they were being hypnotized? Yeah. And to a large degree, it really is hypnosis, but it is for entertainment purposes. And so the way that I like to describe it, because people are always asking me, oh, are you going to make me bark like a dog? Are you going to make me (laughs) cluck like a chicken, right? Those questions are, and they're understandable based on people's perception in, in the world of what hypnosis is really like. But, and I really like it when they ask me this question, because what it really means is it's piqued their interest and they're curious about the power of the mind. And so normally what I'll say to them is, well, normally we work on things that are a little more relative to your life. Do you really want to bark like a dog? Because as a matter of fact, you could probably do it right now if you want to, you know, can you bark like a little dog or a big dog? And I mean, there's a lot of fun that you can have with it. And then people start to realize it's like, oh, I usually help people do things they really want, like stop drinking (laughs) or stop smoking. And, you know, the the barking like a dog and thing like that, like that's just for fun. And so that kind of lightens the mood as far as people understanding how hypnosis can help them. But it really does some of those experiences, the entertainment hypnosis can demonstrate the power of the mind. But the thing to keep in mind is everybody that's up there on the stage or whoever is participating, it's always an opt in. It's always something that people are choosing to do. There's no mind control. There's no sneaking anything in like that. The mind is very powerful and it will protect itself. So normally those folks that you see up on stage are ones that like to be on stage anyway, who have fun with that type of thing. That makes sense. So Erica, what is it about hypnosis that allows us to, for example, you mentioned stop drinking or losing weight, I know is a common one. Why is it that even though you might be highly motivated, you can't get there just of your own accord? How does hypnosis help get you to that next place you want to go? I have a simple answer, which is very complex, but the simple answer is you just don't feel like it in the moment. That's the honest truth. You know, you don't want to drink, but in the moment, yeah, you do because you don't feel good. You know that you don't want to eat that food because it's not good for you. But in the moment, you feel terrible. And that food actually alleviates some pressure. So it de-stresses you. So as far as the mind is concerned, the mind is trying to achieve a level of homeostasis. So it's trying to achieve a level of calm. And so when we are on the upward swing of anxiety, freaking out, I'm going to lose the client, I'm going to the body will do whatever it can take to calm you down so that you can stay in a good state of being, right? So what hypnosis does, first of all, it gives us power over our nervous system so that we stay in control all the time. So all of those times where you overreacted, you were too upset, you couldn't respond because you were too anxious or nervous, none of those would have happened. You would have remained in state. And if you think about the high performance and people who are going after self-actualization, we have to perform. We have to show up at the meeting and deliver. We have to. And in those times, I mean, as professionals, they don't pay us like an hourly rate, right? We're getting paid like this salary or commission or something to perform. So when you're going to, when, you know, when everything's on the line, you need to be calm and in flow and that's where you can hit the home run and that's where you can make the connections that others can't see. And so when we're in that really beautiful state in our nervous system, so our physical body is calm, now our conscious and our subconscious mind can do the work. So that's really, really powerful. So anybody who's dealing with big deals, we have to be able to perform in that moment. So what is actually happening in our brains, and maybe you answered this and I just didn't interpret it right, but what is happening in our brains when we're hypnotized? Because what I am hearing you say is that you can practice hypnosis to get into a state, but then in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, but now when I need to perform, like as you just suggested, when I'm in a meeting, when I'm on stage, when I'm doing the thing, I need to show up. Am I 
bringing myself back to that yes, hypnosis state. Okay, now I really yeah. want to know more. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely are because think about what are the things that we worry about when we have to go into a big meeting or if we're giving a speech on stage or if we're demonstrating a new product or something like that, it's that we won't be able to say it right or we will, we will get nervous and not be able to answer. So what's happening with hypnosis and, you know, there's a lot more that goes to it, but I'm just talking about the real time experience. Why do we reach for the cigarette when we know we shouldn't? Well, it's because we don't feel good, good in that moment. And what hypnosis does on many layers, meaning the meaning that gets applied to something, meaning I'm a good person, I'm smart, I've made some mistakes, but I'm good. The meaning that gets applied to things, the physical sensation in the body, what we call the unconscious mind, if that stays calm, if that gets nervous and we start going into fight or flight, blood rushes from your brain to your large muscles and you don't think clearly. So if you've ever been in a meeting where you're like, man, I don't even remember it. Like I was just like, I was on autopilot and just speaking and like, that's because blood was rushing from your brain and you weren't really thinking, you really weren't. And so when we are able to stay present, us, ourselves stay present, our body isn't freaking out. We don't have to manage our internal state like, oh my gosh, uh, I'm nervous. I can feel my heart beating and I'm not speaking clearly. If we can stay calm now, all of our ideas are flowing. That's what's so powerful about this. But there are more layers to it because there is that moment, but then there's the limiting beliefs that we all have to deal with. I'm not good enough, imposter syndrome, all of that, that hypnosis is just so good at helping us really, truly see our value and our worth in the world. That is so fantastic. And when I'm hearing you talk, what you're saying sounds a lot like my understanding of the benefits of meditation as well. Can you talk a little bit about how is hypnosis similar or different to meditation? Yeah, I think hypnosis is like the next generation of meditation. But the reason that I like hypnosis so much and prefer hypnosis is because it tends to be easier for people. And so I call it practical. It's very practical. You can use it all day long. You don't have to sit down and do a 15 minute meditation. You don't have to sit down and, and do something like that. So first, let me tell you the overlap between the two. So hypnosis and meditation, there is an overlap and the overlap is the state of mind and the state of mind usually is calm and receptive. So calm and receptive. We aren't worried. We aren't we're not ruminating that type of a thing. So we're just calm and receptive. And that is so good for the brain. So meditation is awesome for the brain. It's basically like resting your mind. When we're sleeping, we're not really resting our mind. There's all sorts of things going on. Focused meditation or hypnosis truly does rest the mind. So that's part of it. We want to be able to rest the mind and give the brain something to, you know, so people will, after an experience like that, they come back feeling refreshed. We also want to give the brain something to do. If you don't give the brain something to do, it will think of something on its own. So as far as ruminating goes, this is the problem with trying to clear your mind. It really is impossible because the brain is electrical. So your brain is always plugged in. Okay. I feel better hearing yeah. you say that because I have so much trouble meditating. Right. <laughs> I'm like, why can I not right. clear my and mind? And so don't try. I mean, yeah. I think you can get to a place where you can clear it, but you're still going to be focusing on your breath or something like that. But with hypnosis, hypnosis is practical because we have a hypnosis suggestion. And the hypnotic suggestion is the intention. What do you want? But the cool thing about the intention is that even the intention is biological. Because when you set an intention, you are seeding your reticular activating system. Now, your reticular activating system is like a filter that you see the world through. So how do you want to see the world? So if we put 
into our reticular activating system, the things that we want to see in the world, oh, I do well on the exam, that type of a thing, our brain is preparing for success and we're more likely to see that in the world. So there are some very practical and biological things that we can do with hypnosis that give us a real leg up on the chaos of everyday living. Something you just said, I don't know if this is relevant or not, but you spoke from a positive point of view. You said, see the success that you want or envision the success that you want. And that's what you're focusing on. And when I think of a lot of the reasons that people come for hypnosis, it's often coming from the negative to stop smoking, to lose weight. Is Is the approach an inclusive or positive one, or is it a restrictive negative? It's very inclusive. As a matter of fact, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because one of the biggest issues that I see with people have issues, if we want to call them that, okay, because... What do you call them? When I look back on my issues from the past, they're gifts. Okay. Okay. So my issues from the past are gifts. They don't feel like gifts right now. Okay. (laughs) You'll have to tell us more about that. (laughs) They feel like gifts when we're on the other side and we get the learning and we grow and we have the experience and those types of things. So here's the primary issue with a lot of clients who are coming in from that negative state. All they're thinking about is the negative part. And so for a lot of my clients, if I ask them, you know, what would you like to change today? Oh, I just don't want to be so stressed. I don't want to be so stressed. And when I'm stressed, I have coffee and too much wine. And then it's all down from there. I just don't want to be too stressed. Okay. Well, this client, all they're thinking about is the stress, right? That's like their whole life is only the stress. And then if I ask them, what would it be like if you didn't have that stress? Or what would you be doing if you weren't so stressed? They have no idea no idea whatsoever. So in their mind, there isn't even a place for a solution. They haven't, all they're dealing with, the heaviness of the problem is so heavy, it's overweighing any potential solution. So the very first session, when I ask them certain questions about what would it be like without the stress? What would you be doing if you weren't drinking? What would you be doing if you weren't having all of that food? They have no idea. And that's part of the problem. So if we have no idea what we're going to do, we're never going to get there. So once we start putting some positive elements into it, and yes, it is holistic, we have to look at the whole picture for our clients, right? This is why they're staying stuck. Now they're starting to focus on the things that they do want. Oh, you know, so some of that who wants to lose weight, yeah, they want to lose the 50 pounds. But tomorrow, if they eat healthy, and they get to sleep on time, and they're not having so much sugar. So by the next day, the inflammation is down, and their clothes are a little bit lighter, and they're sleeping better, they're feeling better. So I want them to notice those things. So stay focused on those things that are working. As they're staying focused on those things that are working, the scale is working in the background too. But I don't want them to to get on the scale until their pants fall off. And that's what I tell my clients. <laughs> Because focus on what's working, then your world will be flooded with what's working. Erica, I love that you said that. And I have to admit, I'm embarrassed almost to admit, but I function from that place of operating under stress so much of the time that you really don't, I wouldn't be able to answer the question either. If there, if I didn't have the stress, what would I do? Now, I've made myself feel better about that by listening to people who say that stress is actually a good thing. It's beneficial for us. So how do you balance the two? And is there truth to that statement? Is it untrue? Mm -hmm. How do you balance all of that? There is a word for this and it's called EU stress or something like that. It's you stress. I think is there's a name maybe we can find afterwards, but it means beneficial stress. So you can think of it the same type of stress at the gym. Why do we go to the gym? Why do we lift heavy weights to get stronger, right? So there is some stress and there is some pressure. Think of a deadline. 
we've all experienced the benefit of a deadline, right? I mean, like, don't give me a deadline. You probably, you might not be getting the material unless I, out of my own accord, really want to deliver it to you for some other reason. <laughs> so that's the type of stress that we want. But the stress that I really want to help my clients get out of their life is the need to, have to, should to. Because all of those are things that we are putting on ourselves. And so I do something called a word flip. And whenever in my mind, whenever, oh, I should do that. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, I should, you know, that type of thing. I stop and I flip it to, I want to, or I get to. And if I can't flip it, I don't do it. So I've gotten to the place where if I don't see the value in something, then I don't do it, right? And so I've tried to eliminate some of the stressors in my life using that technique and it's worked quite well. <laughs> and I've discussed this with other people before and they've described it to me as a chronic stress as being the negative one, the chronic stress that is always like sitting in the background that leads to things like high blood pressure and heart disease and higher levels of cortisol versus an adrenal failure the, yeah. and all sorts of things versus yep. the good stress that like you said makes us stronger people we are brains so if you are in an anxious state and you're continually in an anxious state your brain is learning anxiety so when we go and we play the piano when we practice the piano and we practice hitting a ball we get better at it your brain is getting better and better and better at anxiety and so i just really want people to realize that because the reality is our brains are so amazing and in as little as a week you can feel so much better by practicing relaxation tension and anxiety is like a closed fist. And if you make a closed fist and you hold onto that fist and squeeze it as tight as you can for a minute, it's intense. Do that for an hour. Do that for a day. That's your brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what you're doing all day long, right? And so we want relaxation. And even as we begin to relax, we can start noticing how things are shifting for us. But we need that in the brain for it to be playful and free and dynamic and have the cool ideas. We don't need to rehash the old knowledge. There's enough knowledge out there for everybody. We need the wisdom. We need the person who's going to come in in a flow state connected to their higher self and notice the connections between things and bring it together. Those are the people that we need right now, right? And how do we do that work? How do we do that super high level work? Go into hypnosis, get rid of those barriers, get your physical body into a really relaxed state and let your mind go. Erica, you just addressed a question that I was thinking about, which is, okay, what is the actual benefit then? And how, what does it look like in our life and in society and how does it show up? So the right. benefit is that when we're functioning from that flow state and a state of relaxation, we can be more effective. What else, how would you describe yeah. it? We're more effective. We're more loving. When other people around us, we all know that we have a day when we're grumpy or when we're not feeling good. We stub our toe in the morning. We spill our coffee in the afternoon. And isn't it nice when one of our friends and loved ones puts an arm around us and says, hey, you know, let's go take a walk or something like that. So as leaders in our organizations, we can really set the stage and the culture for our environments. We want to be able to uplift and hold the people around us when they're not having a super awesome day. So when we are showing up completely and fully as CEOs, leaders of our businesses, whatever it is that we are doing, now we are connecting with our team at a real heart 
level. And when I talk with my team now, it's so interesting. I'm asking them how they are doing. And then the, when we talk about the work, the work always comes up, but it's always, how are you doing? You know, work product that comes out of that level of communication with people is significantly better than just your standard checklist style of work. Many years ago, I'm talking like 25 years ago or so, I went to see a hypnotist for therapy with something very specific. And it wasn't about self-actualization because I was a kid. Uh, I was a teenager. It was because I couldn't do a backflip. And I had such a mental block for jumping backwards. Mm -hmm. Like I could physically do it very, very well, but I had this mental block. And so the process was I went for some in-person sessions and he also made a personalized recording for me to take Mm -hmm. home and I would listen to it at night. It took me a while, but I eventually did do it. I'm trying to think about what you're saying and relate it to the experience that I had. Mm -hmm. And I can't connect the part where I put myself into a specific state when I was going to flip, but I know that it worked. So I really believe in this. And I'm thinking about myself as a business person today and trying to relate how I can be in a flow state to show up better in my work, better for my clients, better for my coworkers and employees. If I'm coming to you today with a block to get through, is it typically the stress that you were talking about that, that people are coming with? What other kinds of things are they trying to work through in order to show up as their best self for employees. I'm looking for like, what am I missing? (laughs) Right. It's a really good point because there's two things going on here. One is the presenting issue. Mm -hmm. So people show up with a presenting issue. The presenting issue is I can't fit in my clothes. I drank too much last night and I embarrassed myself. So actual health things too. Related. Oh okay. yeah, totally, totally. And another common one is I'm having my first grandbaby. And if I don't stop smoking, my oh. kids won't let me be around the grandkids. So the presenting issue is often behavioral. It's often something that, and we're smart. It's like just what Lauren was saying about, we should be able to figure these things out and we can point to a checklist or all the things that we're supposed to do, but we don't follow through because we don't feel like it. So that's really the key in hypnosis in that moment when you're feeling bad or when normally you would reach for something like that in hypnosis, you don't, you feel better. And so we don't reach for something when we don't feel like it. So that's really the key, first of all, right there. In that moment, you feel better. But as far as what you're talking about here, so that's the presenting issue, right? They come because they want to lose weight. They need to stop smoking. They're so stressed that they're not sleeping and they almost lost their job because they yelled at their employee last week and these types of things. But under the covers, it's some level of lack of self-love, not feeling good about themselves, a real, like a real core issue that I think each human has to go through where we're just like, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel loved. My dad loved my brother better than me when I was six years old and it stuck with me this whole time. And so there's a lack of a sense of belonging or being good enough. There's a real lack of tenderness and care with a lot of humans. And a lot of people grew up without any tenderness and love and care and they're adults now. And so they come in with those presenting issues and we get to help them with the really deep heart-centered stuff. So what level of your training is similar to what a traditional therapist would be doing? Because so much of what you said is the stuff that I hear people going to a traditional therapist for. And this is what's so awesome because in hypnosis, all of our answers are within the client. 
And so we don't have to know a thing. What we're doing as hypnotists is we are creating a very safe, comfortable, loving environment so that our clients feel like they can share the scary parts that are going on inside of them. And sometimes it's a little saying is my, I think my mom loves me better than, than my brother. It doesn't have to be like a, a huge thing, but it's a big thing to them. Okay. Right. It's a really big thing to them. So this comes up from the subconscious while in a state mm-hmm. of hypnosis. And right. what do you then do with it? I ask questions. Okay. And so the really cool part about the hypnotic suggestion, and it's like, why would people accept a hypnotic suggestion? Like, why does this work? Well, that's part of the beauty of hypnosis. We put up walls and we put up these barriers to protect ourselves. And in hypnosis, we can bring some of those down and take a true look at ourselves, how we really truly believe about ourselves. So in hypnosis, those hypnotic suggestions, the reason we accept them is because we know they are true. So neat. Yeah, it's amazing. The first book that you, and by the way, just listening to you and hearing your voice makes me want to be hypnotized, by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> like I'm you like, know. very open to this and you're really making me feel calm. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. That's part of it. You know, I mean, the voice and the, yeah. the calm demeanor and all of those <laughs> things come with just, a, well, first of all, belief, mm. a belief that we're all loving and good. And, you know, that type of a thing is, goes a long way. I know I mentioned earlier that the first book that you wrote, and it was was like five years ago or so, was specifically about weight loss and using hypnosis for weight loss. And is that because even though your focus was on working with, with entrepreneurs, this was such a huge issue or or such a root issue for other things? Yeah. I started with weight loss. I was seeing so many weight loss clients because I, I had gained and lost you know, about 50 pounds a couple of times in my life. The first time I lost weight was with Weight Watchers. But the problem with Weight Watchers is it really trains your brain. So talking about the reticular activating system, mm-hmm. everything I looked at had a point. So I couldn't go out to lunch without thinking of Weight Watchers and the points. And so consciously I was like, this is not an enjoyable experience. And I don't want to be pointing my food mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Like how lame is that? <laughs> so I started realizing that when we are writing our food down, journaling our food, as beneficial as it is, it will increase your appetite 100% it will increase your appetite. And so I started noticing as I was going throughout my day on Weight Watchers, I'm getting hungry as I'm finishing breakfast because I'm anticipating what I'm going to have the rest of the day for food. And so it started getting me thinking of a different approach for helping people lose weight. So that's why I started helping people with really awesome tools to lose weight, tools that are actually effective. And one of them is ditching the food journal because it's just going to make you think about food. So only eat when you're actually hungry. Allow the body to get back back to you focusing on your body's consciousness, which is, are you actually hungry? We get trained out of that in North America, for sure. We don't eat according to the, we eat according to the clock and those types of things, Breakfast, right? lunch, dinner. But the reality is when you get control of your food, oh my gosh, and you're at the weight you want to be at, and you're not being driven by a push-pull or deprivation, like, should I eat, should I not? It frees up your mind for so many things. So many business owners I have helped spend so much of their time thinking about food and thinking about not wanting to think about food and thinking about how to lose the weight and thinking about that it doesn't matter or thinking about, I love my body as it is, but I still want, I mean, that whole conversation consumes so much of their thinking that once they start working with me in hypnosis, that's gone and they have all this space in their brain. It's like they can have a whole new hobby now. I mean, how much time, like for me, I probably thought about food two, three hours a day when I was trying to lose weight. No joke. So Erica, when you're working with people, is it 
generally an acute issue that you address and then hypnosis has other benefits for them on an ongoing basis? Do you work with people long-term? What would we need to engage in to get the benefit of hypnosis in the ways that we want? And I guess maybe it depends on what exactly it is you want out of it. Yeah, it does depend, but good point. So it's usually with a presenting issue. So somebody comes, they want to lose weight, they want to stop drinking, they want to de-stress so that they can deliver a, a talk or work with a lot of authors, for example, they're publishing books and they want to get up on stage and they want to be able to sound good and do all of those things. So they come for a presenting issue and we usually address that, but the presenting issue has a root cause and the root cause is usually what we end up fixing. So when we fix root cause, then people um, start feeling better all around. So as a very common example, people come to me, Oh, I want to lose weight, but Erica, I also want to sleep better and I want to drink less wine and I want to uh, get rid of procrastination. And, you know, I mean, it's a laundry list of issues, right? So what I tell them is we're going to focus on one thing. We're going to get you the results on that one area, but everything else, because it's all connected, you will start feeling better. So they do start sleeping better. And when they start sleeping better, they're waking up with more energy. When they have more energy, they have the time to cut the veggies. And so it starts to become kind of this positive cycle. So with weight loss clients, about half of them, I continue working with. So usually six months months. But the other half, they've got it in six weeks, don't need to see them anymore. They already have it down. For business owners, entrepreneurs, folks on a spiritual path, that's normally when I continue working with clients and I see them once every couple of weeks or once a month. And we just becomes hypnosis is such an effective tool for them to get access to the deeper parts of who they are that they just use it over and over. And I just see them once a month and we're like, what's next? What's next? What's next? It's so neat. So your newest book that you're working on is a bit different than your previous ones. It's fiction, right? Yeah. Can you tell our (laughs) listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah. So this book is going to be published as of right now, April 14th. So I don't know, it might even be in the past by the time this comes out. But Academy of Eternity is all about how we can live in heaven state right now. So what's heaven state? Well, heaven state is being fully present all the time and not allowing the nervous system or anything to get you off track. So you stay in alignment. This is a little woo-woo, but in alignment with your higher self all of the time. Now, any time that something really fantastic has happened, so think of any big inside or aha moment, it is always because someone's fully present. Always. It's because we're paying attention and we're fully there. And so the key to this book is how do we stay fully present all the time? How do we train the physical body to stay fully present, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind? So how do we get all layers of the mind to be working in concert with each other for super high performance? So this book really is about super high performance and self-actualization through hypnosis and song and dance. So it includes a physical body through singing and dancing too in the book. That sounds really neat. And what was the inspiration for that? Um, my own personal journey. So last year, you know, because of COVID, so many things changed. And I started dancing. I've always been a dancer, but I couldn't put my dancing on social media without copyright infringement. So I started writing music. And so this is, you know, what I'm sharing with you is the flow state, right? I allowed myself to dance and then I allowed myself to do the music. And so as we allow these things to happen in our life, it creates a life of its own. And so, I mean, there's a longer story than that, but I have a co-author, her name's Sarah Solstice. She's an artist artist, a musician. She's a performer. She's fantastic. Once we started getting together and I have like the neuroscience and the hypnosis and she's a musician and an artist. And we just combined what she was doing with music. Because if you think about how compelling music is, you get a song stuck in your head, 
right? Mm -hmm. What song do we want stuck in our head? Do we want the songs that are about some things that are, I don't know, maybe not our favorite topics? Or do we want things in our mind, the words in our mind are our programming? What words do you want in your mind all day long? Do you want it to be positive? Or do you want it to be negative? And so it's a combination of neuroscience with what we know how to really captivate and entrain the brain. Music, dance, hypnosis, use that to a higher level for coaches, entrepreneurs, business owners, so that we can get super high results consistently over and over and over. But it's fun too. That's why. It's my experience living. Yeah. We're just a couple of weeks away from that being available. And what was the name of it again? Academy of Eternity. Academy of Eternity. Yeah. Young Erica wakes up at the gates to eternity. She's about 12 years old and she's like, what is going on here? So it's basically she wakes up in heaven and learns about the brain and then teaches it to humanity. Here's how we can use our brain better to live better lives. Cool. We'll, we'll look for that in a, in a couple of weeks. Thank you. So Lauren and I have three questions that we love hearing the answers from our, right, our guests. Good. We believe that we're taught as women, at least that, you know, you can do it all, you can have it all. And we believe that, but we believe you can't really do it all and have it all at the same time. <laughs> so, yes. right, there has to be something that takes precedence and priority. So I'd love to know, you know, at this point in your life, in this season, what is taking priority for you? Okay, really good point. And I do restate that to my clients too. You can't have it all. You just can't have it all at once. We do have to prioritize, right? So my priority right now, and I think it will remain this priority for quite some time is for me to be in alignment with my higher self. So my values and my beliefs I know that when my nervous system is calm and I'm out of the way, so as smart as I might be, I am not smart at all in comparison with what I believe to be universal consciousness. So for me, getting, being in the present moment and being in state is priority because all flows from there. All the magic flows from being present. So that's what I'm focused on. Right. So I'm not sure how you're going to answer this next question then. This is very interesting because... Ooh, okay. Now <laughs> my, I'm intrigued. My next one is if that's where your energy's flowing right now, right? Mm -hmm. Is there some other part of your life that is getting a bit less of attention or is kind of on the back burner while you have that priority? Yes. Okay. What is that? Yes. And I think it's the common... The common thing, and as women, we go through this a lot, it's we start to feel selfish. So there's a little bit of this, uh, for me, it's self-care and premium self-care without the guilt or anything that I'm feeling like I should be paying more attention to this thing over here. And I think that a lot of us will feel that way. Oh man, I could have done a better job of helping my friend or whatever it is, but I'm going to hold a firm boundary on this because I'll tell you when I am really taking care of myself, when I have good rest and I've read my inspiration, whatever it is that I know is good for me, that's the best of me. That's absolutely the best of me. So there are times when I'm saying no to things and I'm sure friends and family is like, gosh, Erica, you know, why she just come, you know, or whatever it is. And my answer is no, I'm going to, I have to do my self-care and I have to stay in alignment. Are there any habits or any routines that you can think of or identify that are really integral to helping you in this? Dancing. Yeah. hundred percent. 
dancing, the reason that dancing is so important. And my goal with Academy of Eternity, our first event is going to be called Dance the World Alive. When you're dancing and you're in full state and full expression, you're in a joyful state and it relieves all the stress. You're in flow. You'll get great ideas. Like that's really, really all we need to do. But I do have something called an alpha sequence and an alpha sequence you'll be able to get from our website, academyofeternity.com. It is a five-step process to calm down the nervous system using physiological techniques. So if you can calm down the nervous system using a physiological technique, now you can remain calm and you can start practicing. Your brain can start practicing for relaxation instead of stress. Is that five-step system or routine something that can be done like anywhere at any time? Is it something that can happen quickly or do you need to really intentionally be alone and do it? Yeah. Over time, it'll be quick. But the first step is to close your eyes. So you don't want to be doing it in traffic or something like that. No. Right. No. But I mean, I do. <laughs> to be truthful, I do. But because I can do it really fast and then open my eyes back up. So with the intention is the ability to calm down your nervous system and open your eyes back up and be in a flow state remaining in that. But that would be an advanced technique and you'd practice it. But yeah, the first step is to close your eyes. 20% of the brain's processing power is related to visual stuff. So when we close our eyes, it's turning the dimmer down. So we lower the energy and there's less for our brain to interact with. The second step is to drop your jaw. When you drop your jaw, it sends a signal to your vagus nerve to relax. And these physiological symbols, we don't have signals we don't have to think about. We just do them. So you drop your jaw. The third is to slow down your breathing. Again, it engages the parasympathetic response. And the fourth is to relax the back of your tongue, which is a very interesting suggestion. But when you get it right, it's amazing because it's coupled with part of your brain that's ready to speak. It's anticipating speaking all the time. And so when we relax that part of the tongue, oh my gosh, it's amazing. The words in your mind disappear. <laughs> what would be more important to practice than the ability to clear your mind? So practice relaxing the back of your tongue. And then the next step is drop in your heart. And I can do that in about 10 seconds and immediately shift my state. So I'm doing hypnosis all day long. That I'm going to implement that before I try to meditate. That's going okay. to be my new first step. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just love that. And I love what you said earlier. And I want to thank you for sharing with us and our listeners how to train our brains better to live better lives. And if people want to follow you, get your book, what's the best way to connect with you and find out more and track with you? Probably cascadehypnosistraining.com or you can find me. I mean, we have our, my work is on YouTube and Facebook and all of those things, but cascadehypnosistraining.com is probably the best place. Okay. Excellent. Well, we will include all of that in our show notes. And if you want to connect with us at Life Rebalanced, the best way to do that is on Instagram at life underscore rebalanced. And until next time, be well. Be well. Be well.